Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, she's being held. Why yeah. do you feel sorry for Sometimes her? Sometimes I do. Why do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddling all the nonsense the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be, and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First <laughs> Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> If you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties, what the actual fuck? Hiya, besties. I know it's been a minute. Um, I tend to do less. Um, episodes of this podcast over the summer recess because there is less going on and it gives me a bit of a chance to have a slight break and not think about the constant degradation of society and life in general by the Conservative Party. Um, But I did think that it would be important that we have a little chat about something that's happened recently. I know that you know what I'm about to talk to you about, so I hope you're ready. Um, I'm sure we're going to have fun. (laughs) So I'm Jennifer Wan, and this is What the Actual Fuck is Going On With This Whole Politics Business. Grab a drink, grab a snack, get comfy, get cosy, and get ready to toast, finally, the proper resignation of you-know-who. So I guess she decided to give us a little summer drama. I'm talking about the queen of chaos, the queen of cringe. It's all Nadine. It's Nadine Doris. Um... She she has uh, caused quite a moment. I want to talk about it. However, what I will say is I do feel that her cringe chaos powers are diminishing as a new supreme of chaos cringe rises in Susan Hall, who is the Conservative candidate for London Mayor and is a very cringe chaos person. Um, but I guess I guess Nadine decided she still had enough in her for one more one more go. Um, so, (laughs) so she published her resignation letter in the mail. I, I guess as a column, I don't know. Um, and she tweeted and she said, I have submitted my resignation letter to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak today, except, um, various journalists confirmed that actually Downing Street had not received the letter when she published the the tweet and that actually they received it later on. And so they were having to read her resignation on the on the Daily Mail website, which <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Just absolutely 
ridiculous. Um, so let's have a look at this resignation letter, shall we? Written herself. She, uh, she's got a lot of pictures in this article as well on the Mail's website. I've done a little photo shoot in the garden, I guess. She's wearing a, a, a blouse. It's got, where's that, little flowers on. It's a bit crinkly. Not sure if it's supposed to be like that or, or what. But and they got some pictures of her when she was in cabinet. And of course, one of her and Boris smiling in happier times in her delusional little mind. So let's have a look at this letter. Dear Prime Minister, it has been the greatest honour and privilege of my life to have served the good people of Mid-Bedfordshire as their MP for 18 years. Now hang the fuck on, Nadine, because you haven't bothered to actually do any work as their representative for months. She hasn't been showing up to Parliament, she hasn't been voting, she... According to many people on the, you know, in the area, she has not been doing any real constituency work, no surgeries, nothing like that. How are you going to talk about it being the great honour of your life, the great privilege of your life, when you couldn't even be asked to do it because you were throwing a tantrum about not getting a fucking peerage? Don't come at me like that with that whole, it's the greatest honour of my life. Fuck off, you're a liar. I hate this. I hate this. And we're only like two lines in. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. I count myself blessed to have... <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> to have worked in Westminster for almost a quarter of a century. Okay. Um, despite what some in the media and you yourself have implied, my team of caseworkers and I have continued to work for my constituents faithfully and diligently to this day. Hold the fuck up, girly, because it's not just some kind of media conspiracy or the Prime Minister trying to stick the boot in. There were people literally from her constituency saying this. There there were... <laughs> I mean, fuck, the, the, the local council was like, can we please get another MP? She can't be asked. So I don't know why she's now trying to save face and pretend in her little delusional world where everything is fine and everything is great and Nadine is the best MP that ever lived. Girl, shut up. You weren't doing your job. You got called out for it. Just accept it. Take the L. Don't try and pretend it was for some noble reason. And you know what? Doing constituency work is only half the job. It's only half the job. She has denied her constituents representation in the house for months for months they voted for her thinking that she would show up and for the for this period of time she just hasn't she's still taking the paycheck but she's not doing the job so even if i were to believe her that she's been getting on with all her casework which i don't it's still not good enough because her constituents voted for her on the understanding she would go to Westminster and vote and take part and participate in democracy and she hasn't. So, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's quite a different situation because I did, I did see somebody, um, I did see somebody recently on social media try and make the comparison to defend Nadine Doris and say, well, oh, Sinn Féin MPs don't go to Westminster either, but no one's on at them. 
Well, no, nobody is. And let me tell you why. If you have a Sinn Féin candidate in your constituency, which for most people in the UK, that's not going to be a reality. But, you know, if, if you are <laughs> in one of the constituencies that has a Sinn Féin candidate, you will be aware that it is standard within Sinn Féin that they will represent you in terms of casework, constituency work, stuff like that, but they will not go to Westminster. You, you are told that, you understand that when you vote for them. There are no other parties that have that precedent or that tradition or anything close to it. If you vote for a Conservative candidate and they win that election, there is nothing in the party, just, just how it works, there's, there's nothing in there that says, oh, by the way, they're not going to go to Westminster. They're not. And, and, and furthermore, just to expand on that, Sinn Féin MPs have, <laughs> frankly, a far more valid reason. Um, it's their belief that, that Westminster, as a parliament to them, is, is not valid because of constitutional issues. That is quite a different thing to not showing up to your job because you're throwing a tantrum because your senpai got fucking booted out as prime minister and you didn't get a peerage, all right? It's quite a different thing. So I don't want to see this whole Nadine Doris Sinn Féin comparison anymore. It's silly. Let's continue with this very silly letter. When I arrived, good Lord, when I arrived in mid-Bedfordshire in 2005, I inherited a conservative majority of 8,000. Of course she was parachuted. Of course she was. You can tell it's the entitlement. Oh my God. Over five elections, this has increased to almost 25,000, making it one of the safest seats in the country. Well, I guess that's why she decided to just sort of take several months off then. A legacy I am proud of. During my time as a Member of Parliament, I have served as a backbencher, a Bill Committee Chair, a Parliamentary Undersecretary of State before becoming Minister of State in the Department of Health and Social Care during the COVID crisis. That was a joke. After which I was appointed as Secretary of State at the Department of of digital culture media and sports sorry i'm just thinking about that tiktok where she raps <laughs> like listen i i would have vastly preferred if indeed doris never got near power ever in the timeline i have lived in but i will treasure that tiktok don't start with me don't start with me ice cream man i will treasure that tiktok because <laughs> Oh my god. All the flow of a broken air conditioner. But I <laughs> Anyway, let's get on with this letter. The offer to continue in my cabinet role was extended to me by your predecessor, Liz Truss. Of course it was. Cause Elizabeth She loves herself a messy and incompetent, ridiculous person, you know. She likes things that are familiar. And I am grateful for your personal phone call on the morning you appointed your cabinet in October, even if I decline to take the call. Oh, oh, Miss Thing thinks she's fancy. Okay. And obviously she's trying to like get a dig in there by making that public. 
Um, I don't know why Nadine Doris thinks that she is above being in Rishi Sunak's cabinet, to be honest. Beyond the fact that she's incredibly delusional. But, I mean, where does the delusion come from? This is the thing. With most delusional people, you can kind of understand, like, you know, if they've been, um, you know, like, very sheltered, very spoiled, so they, they kind of believe it all, or... You know, if they're very rich and so they mistake people giving them everything they want for them being, like, talented or something. But, like, there, there is no reason for her to be delusional. It doesn't... Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Psychoanalyzing aside. She continues. As politicians, one of the greatest things we can do is to empower people to have opportunities to achieve their aspirations and to help them change their lives for the better. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, in DHSC, oh my God, not me, temporarily not being able to read. I championed meaningful improvements to maternity and neonatal safety. I launched the Women's Health Strategy and pushed forward a national evidence-based trial for Group B strep testing and pregnant women with the aim to reduce infant deaths. Okay. When I resigned as Secretary of State for DCMS, I was able to thank the professional, dedicated and hard-working civil servants for making our department the highest performing in Whitehall. <laughs> Meanwhile, she had time to make TikToks, as we know. We worked tirelessly to strengthen the online safety bill to protect young people. <laughs> froze the BBC licence fee, included the sale of Channel 4 into the media bill to protect its long-term future, which was a fucking stupid idea, but work, and led the world in imposing cultural sanctions when Putin invaded Ukraine. I worked with and encouraged the tech sector to search out untaught talents, such as creative and critical thinking in deprived communities. Hello? Hello? Um, it's the classism for me. Offering those who faced a life on low unskilled pay or benefits access to higher paid employment and social mobility. That sounds fake, but okay. What many of the CEOs I spoke to in the tech sector and business leaders really wanted was meaningful regulatory reform from you as Chancellor to enable companies not only to establish in the UK, but to list on the London Stock Exchange rather than New York. Okay. You flashed your gleaming smile in your Prada shoes and Savile Row suit from behind a camera, but you just weren't listening. All they received in return were platitudes and a speech illustrating how wonderful life was in California. London is now losing its appeal as more UK-based companies seek better listing opportunities in the US. That, Prime Minister, is entirely down to you. Christ! Long before my resignation announcement, in July 2022, I had advised the Cabinet Secretary, Simon Case, of my intention to step down. Well, then why the fuck has it taken this long? 
would be my question. Senior figures in the party, close allies of yours, have continued to this day to implore me to wait until the next general election rather than inflict yet another damaging by-election on the party at a time when we are consistently 20 points behind in the polls. Okay. Having witnessed firsthand as Boris Johnson and the Liz Trust were taken down... God, it's the conspiracy theories for me. I decided that the British people had a right to know what was happening in their name. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nadine. I really appreciate you doing this for me. Thank you. Why is it that we have had five Conservative Prime Ministers since 2010 with not one of the previous four having left office as a result of losing a general election? That is a democratic deficit, which the mother of parliament should be deeply ashamed of. And which, as you and I know, is the result of machinations of a small group of individuals embedded deep at the centre of the party and Downing Street. Okay. Um, to start with, <laughs> my investigations. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Oh, she thinks she's Miss Columbo. She thinks she's Miss Inspector Gadget. Miss Agatha Raisin. What is this? My investigations focused on the political assassination of Boris Johnson. Listen, that man was not assassinated, okay? It was not a political assassination. It was a political running full speed off a cliff with repeated stupidity boris johnson politically assassinated himself by being arrogant as fuck and thinking that none of his shady shit would ever catch up with him and then it did that's what happened it was not a political assassination it was him being an arrogant bastard but okay nadine i get it i get it you can't see him objectively because reasons I understand, but come on. Come on. It's so embarrassing that she's out here simping for this man so publicly on such a regular basis. And he's got a whole ass wife, several kids, and probably several mistresses. He's not thinking about her at all. This is very embarrassing. This is highly embarrassing. <laughs> Could not be me. You would not catch me slipping like that. Anyway. My investigations focused on the political assassination of Boris Johnson. But as I spoke to more and more people, and I have spoken to a lot of people from ex-prime ministers, cabinet ministers, both ex and current through all levels of government and Westminster and even journalists. Okay. A dark story emerged. This, this feels like an ad for her shit book, but okay. Which grew even... <laughs> it would be so camp actually. If she's used her resignation letter to sell her shit book. <laughs> oh my God, I think that's actually what's going on. A dark story emerged, which grew ever more disturbing with each person I spoke to. It became clear to me that, oh my God, no, it is. It became clear to me as I worked that remaining as a backbencher was incompatible with publishing a book which exposes how the democratic process at the heart of our party has been corrupted. This is an ad for the fucking book, I swear to God. 
As I uncovered this alarming situation, I knew such were the forces raged against me that she, I'm sorry, she, she was a random backbencher that went on like fucking GBBs occasionally. She's not that important for dark forces to be working against her. I'm sorry, I have to say this. I feel like there are a lot of politicians that are very delusional about their importance and how many people are are working to, to take them down and all of this at all times. Nadine Doris is hilarious and chaotic and ridiculous and very cringe. But in the grand scheme of things, she's incredibly unimportant. When she resigns, like, life will go on, you know? It, it, it's, it's not like there is a huge conspiracy. And, and it's the same with Boris Johnson, really. He was not really that important in the grand scheme of things. Certainly not important enough for there to be this huge Machiavellian conspiracy. He was literally taken down by his own stupidity and his own arrogance. And Nadine Doris has been taken down by, <laughs> I don't know, I guess, her own selfish tantrums and her own ridiculousness and simping for Boris, I guess. Um, this idea that there was, there was this fucking danger forces ranged against her like it's it's ridiculous it's delusional <laughs> um such were the forces ranged against me that i was grateful to retain my parliamentary privilege until today and as you also know <laughs> this woman is so delusional and as you also know prime minister those forces are today the most powerful figures in the land oh come the fuck on she's a backbencher with delusions of grandeur nobody cares girl nobody's got a conspiracy against you nobody cares the onslaught against me even included the bizarre spectacle <laughs> the bizarre spectacle of the cabinet secretary claiming without evidence to a select committee that he'd reported me to the whips and speaker's office not only have neither office been able to confirm this was true, but they have no power to act, as you well knows. It was surely as clear a breach of civil service impartiality as you could wish to see. I don't think it really was, Stalin, but okay. But worst of all has been the spectacle of a prime minister demeaning his office by opening the gates to whip up a public frenzy against one of his own MPs. Okay. You failed to mention in your public comments that there could be no rip move for a by-election over summer and that the earliest any by-election could take place is at the end of September. Well, yes, Nadine, but if you had actually resigned when you initially threw your fucking toys out of the pram months ago, then a by-election could be, you know, underway. Candidates could have been selected. The process could have been moved forward. You leaving it as late as you have has meant delays to it. You had no intention of coming back to this job, let's be real, which is why you've been phoning it in for as long as you have. So, not to defend Rishi Sunak, but it's not like he said anything wrong, is it? Like, you have dragged this out for personal reasons, that's quite obvious, especially with this insane resignation letter. The clearly orchestrated and almost daily personal attacks demonstrates the pitifully low level your government has descended to. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is... Um, <laughs> it is a modus operandi established by your allies which has targeted 
Boris Johnson. Why is she so obsessed with him? Transferred to Liz Truss. Again, Liz Truss, you didn't have to come up with some conspiracy to take her down because she she was she was a fucking incompetent like she was ridiculous. Liz Truss took down Liz Truss and the economy with her. So uh, the idea that you you know you there's these dark forces coming up and attacking Liz Truss. No, there's not. She is the dark forces. Fighting herself in a darkened room. It's ridiculous. Transferred to Liz Truss and now moved on to me. Again, why? What would be the reason? Like This is the thing as well. What would be the reason to attack Nadine Doris? If you are Rishi Sunak, right? What would be your reason to attack Nadine Doris? <laughs> like, you know, what? what's the point? You know she's not standing at the next election and you know she's just some random gobby backbencher. Like, you just ignore her. You just ignore it. She'll, she'll go away by the time the general election comes around. And then you just put forward a new... Like, why? Like I said, again, she's not fucking important. And she thinks she is, but she's not. I do not have... Oh, sorry, I've missed a bit. But I am not... I have not been a prime minister. I do not have security or protection. Attacks from people led by you declared open season on myself. Girl. And the past weeks have resulted in the police having to visit my home and contact me on a number of occasions due to threats to my person. I'm sorry, but I don't think, and again, I'm not trying to defend Rishi Sunak, but I don't think you can pin the blame for that on him because, again, there is no proof that there is some kind of insane campaign coming from Downing Street to try and take down Nadine Doris. There is absolutely no actual proof of that. There's not even, like, sketchy proof that's a bit dodge. Like, it, it literally seems to be happening inside of her head. This seems to be the 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 deluded and paranoid ramblings of a woman spinning out. Now, I I believe, I believe that there may have been people who have made threats against Nadine Doris, which is horrible and that's not acceptable. I've talked about this quite a few times. Um, the, the, the kind of unhinged attitude some people have um to politics and acting as if it's some kind of you know firstly something that you should be threatening to kill people over that's that's insane and this kind of team's tribal mentality is so unhelpful and it, it leads to these kinds of things but what i will say is this nadine doris way before this all kicked off way before she even said her whole i'm resigning fuck off thing all those months ago Nadine Doris often made a point of personal attacks, often made a point of using her platform, which includes her social media, as well as a fucking television show, to publicly attack people. So I, d I don't think she really gets to point fingers in this regard, I'm just saying. Um, and like I said, there is no actual proof or evidence that there is this huge campaign within Downing Street to have... 
everyone go after her. So I don't think it's fair of her to point that at Rishi Sunak. Unfortunately, because of the political climate, there are some people who will do terrible, horrible things and threaten people. Um, but I, I don't think it's fair to put the blame for that on Rishi Sunak, especially coming from somebody who has done a lot to heighten tensions and to increase this atmosphere that leads to this kind of behaviour. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it would be real nice if we could just not. So she continues, since you took office a year ago, the country is run by a zombie parliament where nothing meaningful has happened what exactly has been done or have you achieved? I mean, that is actually a very fair question. You hold the office of Prime Minister unelected without a single vote, not even from your own MPs. Um, mm. You have no mandate from the people and the government is adrift. You have squandered the goodwill of the nation. For what? Listen, I don't think it's good for any Conservative Party to, like, member to start talking about mandates and shit because they are really just sort of like a party <laughs> without mandate at this point. And what a difference it is now since 2019. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about fucking 2019, man. When Boris Johnson won an 80-seat majority and a greater percentage of the vote share than Tony Blair in the Labour landslide victory of 97, we were a mere five points behind on the day he was removed from office. Okay. Since, since you became Prime Minister, his manifesto has been completely abandoned. We cannot simply disregard the democratic choice of the electorate, remove both the Prime Minister and the manifesto commitments they voted for, and then expect to return to the people in the hope that they will continue to unquestionably support us. They have agency. They will use it. Leveling up has been discarded. Leveling up was never a real thing. It was never a real fucking thing. So I, I'm i sorry. I just, I, I had a huge problem with the whole levelling up agenda because it just seemed like a scam, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it seemed like a scam. Levelling up has been discarded and with it, the those deprived communities it sought to serve. Social care, ready to be, re, ready to be launched, abandoned along with the hope of all those who care for the elderly and the vulnerable the online safety bill has been watered down bbc funding reform the clock run down the mental health act timed out defense spending reduced our commitment to net zero animal welfare and green issues so relevant to the planet and voters under 40 squandered as <laughs> As Lord Goldsmith wrote in his own resignation letter, because you simply do not care about the environment or the natural world. What exactly is it you do stand for? Now, see, this is all quite interesting. But what I want to know, because there's been quite a period of time between Boris's, you know, removal from Downing Street and Rishi taking over. And of course, the Liz Trust kerfuffle in between. Why did Nadine not really publicly say all that much about this? 
if the environment is something that she really cares about suddenly, why is this the first we're hearing about this? Hmm? Why are we only just hearing about her her real passion for defence spending? Because she didn't seem to care about these things before. Animal welfare, she didn't seem to care that much. Net zero, she didn't seem to care that much. So to me, it seems like she's just throwing these things at Rishi Sunak because she hates him. Which, I mean, it's valid, but I just, I I find it so patronising, really, that she's trying to pretend like she cares. Um, You have increased corporation tax to 25%, taking us to the level of the highest tax take since World War II at 75% of GDP. And you have completely failed in reducing illegal immigration or delivering on the benefits of Brexit. There are no benefits of Brexit, Nadine. How many times? The bonfire of EU legislation swerved. The Windsor Framework Agreement, a dead duck brought into existence by shady promises of future preferment with grubby rewards and potential gongs to MPs. She should not be talking about that. It's very funny. Stormont is still not sitting. Yes, but what have you done about it, Nadine? When did you actually care about Northern Ireland? Tell me that. Tell me. Because I've never seen it before. It's the first time. It's the first time. Disregarding your own chancellor last week, you took credit for reducing inflation, citing your plan. There has been no budget, no new fiscal measures, no debate. There is no plan. Such statements take the British public for fools. The The decline in the price of commodities such as oil and gas, the eased pressure on the supply of wheat and the increase in interest rates by the Bank of England are what has taken the heat out of the economy and reduced inflation. For you to personally claim credit for this was disingenuous at the very least. (sighs) Okay. It is a fact that there is no affection for Keir Starmer out on the doorstep. He does not have the winning... (laughs) He does not have the winning X-Factor qualities of a Thatcher, a Blair or a Boris Johnson. And sadly, Prime Minister, neither do you. Okay. Girl. (laughs) Girl. Your actions have left some 200 or more of my MP colleagues to face an electoral tsunami and a loss of their livelihoods because in your impatience to become Prime Minister, you put your personal ambition above the stability of the country and our economy. Listen, I I have something to say about that, actually. Um... Of course, there are going to be some Conservative MPs that I think are definitely going to lose their seat at the next election. However, if they were consistently good throughout the time that they were elected, I think they stand a better chance of retaining their seats. And frankly, there have been a lot of incredibly lazy Conservative MPs um, across the UK who, who won their seats and then they just, they just gave up. They were like, fuck it. I've got my seat now. I'm good. We've got a safe, safe government. We're in for the long haul. I don't have to try. And you can see them now that things have started to go awry and they're all panicking and thinking, oh, fuck, I've got to make it look like I'm actually good at my job. Oh, God. Oh, God. There's an easy solution here, gang. Just do your job from the beginning and then you don't have to worry. It's not anybody else's fault but their own if they have not demonstrated their value to the public in the time that they've been elected it is very possible 
it is very possible for a member of parliament to retain their seat even if their party loses power, even if their party takes huge losses, if they have demonstrated their value to the community that they serve. If 200 or more of Nadine's colleagues have not done that, that's no one's problem but their own and I don't feel sorry for them. Let's continue. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to say that. Um, because in your impatience to become prime minister, you put your personal ambition above the stability of the country and our economy. Oh, girl. Bewildered, we look in vain for the grand political vision for the people of this great country to hold on to that would make all this disruption and subsequent inertia worthwhile. But we find absolutely nothing. Yeah, welcome to my world. I shall take some comfort from explaining to people exactly how you and your allies achieve this undemocratic upheaval in my book. I told you this was an ad for a book. I am a proud working class conservative. Okay, girl. Which is why the levelling up agenda was so important to me. Well, why didn't you publicly fight harder for it? Huh? Answer me that. I know personally how effective a strong and helping hand can be to lift someone out of poverty and how vision, hope and opportunity can change lives. You have abandoned the fundamental principles of conservatism. History will not judge you kindly. <laughs> I shall today inform the Chancellor of my intention to... <laughs> to take the Chiltern Hundreds, enabling the writ to be moved on September the 4th for the by-election you are so desperately seeking to take place. Well, there we are. <laughs> what do we think? I mean, listen, there's something I want to say. There's something I want to say. While I think that there were some parts of that letter that actually were quite funny, I, I for sure enjoyed her dragging Rishi in his fucking posh shoes and suits and shit. And that that was fun. Um, and, and I have to say, the delusion is quite funny as well, in a sense. Like, it's really sad, but it's funny. You know what I mean? But there's also a side of this that isn't funny at all. This is somebody who had an incredibly important job. I, I've said this so many times. Being a member of parliament is not a fucking game. It's not something you do for the perks, for the fun, for the laugh, for the thrill. It's serious. You are the representative of your community. You are the person with the ability to help people across your community, to support them through some of the hardest times that they will have to go through to be there, to be that beacon of hope, that support. And you are also their voice. And in a lot of cases, their only voice and their only opportunity to be heard at Westminster, to be heard and to be represented. That is such an important role. It's not a fucking joke. And Nadine Doris has dragged this resignation out Despite the fact that she clearly didn't want to do the job anymore. She hasn't been showing up to huge parts of her job. It's debatable as to whether she's been doing casework or not. We don't know. She's saying she has, but there are various people, including people in her own constituency, who say she hasn't. Um, but, you know, if we were to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. There's still a huge part of her job that she's not doing. 
So, you know, she says it's the great honour of her life, the great privilege of her life, but she doesn't respect the, the constituents enough to give them proper representation. And she also does not respect them enough to stand down and allow somebody else to do it if she can't be asked. And it's not even just a problem with Nadine Doris, because this is such a common thing. Um, there are so many members of parliament who will fuck about and, and delay these things because they want to hold on to the perks. They want to hold on and see if they can get any money out of it by sticking around a little longer. And it's, it's not fucking funny. You know, you're playing with people's real lives. If you don't want a job with a huge amount of responsibility, don't fucking take it. No one is forcing these people to stand for election. Nobody is forcing them. That's not happening. And yet, you get these incredibly unserious people who seem very upset when people ask them to get on with their jobs or get out of the way, you know? It's like the reality of what their job actually is hits them and they can't take it. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, so, as funny as some moments were, I, I'm still not, you know, I'm not exactly team Nadine. I'm not, I'm not team anybody. I just think this is a very fucked up and horrible situation because the constituency is full of people now who for months have not had a proper representative and now they're, they're still going to be waiting even longer for that to come along, for them to have the opportunity to choose a new representative, hopefully someone who will actually do the job properly, because Nadine Doris has dragged this out for personal reasons. You cannot tell me that, that there was a valid reason for her dragging it out as long as she has. There hasn't been. Um, you know, obviously, yes, yeah, she mentions, you know, Rishi Sunak asking her to stick around and and all of that but she didn't have to there were plenty of other MPs in the fucking Boris fan club that just dipped immediately and she could have done that too but she stuck around to make things difficult for Rishi Sunak it was personal for her it was about her fucking insane vendetta there was not a real and logical reason for it and she's playing games She's playing fucking games and it's so juvenile and pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. But then again, perhaps that's that's what the Conservative Party is now. It's just pathetic games, you know, from, from one one person to another. It's just childish, pathetic games, you know. Nadine Doris fucks around, doesn't go to work for several months. Liz Truss crashes the economy for a laugh. Boris Johnson breaking the rules, breaking the law all the time. Rishi Sunak just fucking twatting around all the time. Fucking, they're just playing games, all of them. Because they don't take this seriously. For them, it's something that they feel entitled to. And, and the spaces where they make decisions about our lives are a playground to them. And that's dangerous because they will never understand what we need. They will never be able to help and support us and give us a, a, a better way of life. Because for them, they're just, they're just having fun. They're just fucking about. 
And there is no way that we can survive much longer with that in government. Okay, besties, that's all for this episode. I will see you again very soon. Um, I think I might do maybe like a little catch up, what's been going on, uh, maybe next week. Um, and then Parliament's back, so. Um, but I will, I will see you soon. Love you, bye. I nearly wet myself then. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show and I will see you again next time for a new episode of What the Actual Fuck is Going On With This Whole Politics Business. Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense, the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK taxpayer. It's not in opposition that I want to be and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country as First Minister and it's Labour values. You can have the desk and just not get a job. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been to, been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously. What the actual fuck?